ride with me in my foul life. We scout hard. Scouting is such a big part of hunting and consistent success. Mule deer, long time ago. I don't see any, Dad. Just keep your glasses up. Look for that white tail. The little white tail of a mule deer. Just twitching a little bit. Look for the sun hitting off his antlers as he lays in his bed during the afternoon. It's not easy to spot mule deer in high rock country of Nevada or Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, the Strip, the Kaibab. It's not easy. Glassing is an art. Patience. And then when it comes to waterfowling, well, duck hunters don't need glasses, really. I scout every day with glasses and sometimes a spotting scope. I use rangefinders to understand how far I'm off a fence line, a tree line, how far my furthest decoy is. Maybe I'm lazy, I don't step it off. I do step it off some, but I use rangefinders now. And they're all supplied by Vortex, a Wisconsin American-based company, Vortex Optics. Their casual line of clothing, their spotting scopes, their rangefinders, their binoculars, their innovation, their dedication to conservation and hunting. I've hunted with members of the Vortex family and employees. I've visited their headquarters. I've learned their culture and their quality is second to none. Never will you be in one of our Ford trucks and not see a pair of binoculars on the console, in the console, on the back seat, hanging from one of the headrests onto the passenger seat or the driver's seat. We're always ready. We look over, see a mallard pitching down. What is that? Oh, a goose just went down over there. Was that a turkey? Oh, I just saw a flash over there. Is that a big snow goose grind? Is that a mule deer? Is that an antelope? Is that a moose? Is that an elk? We scout hard because we want to be prepared. There, nothing is ever going to replace the scout. So believe in it. You might have to leave earlier. We travel so many miles behind the windshield in Canada, Saskatchewan, Alberta, traveling those dirt roads, looking for the best hunt. And then we have plan B and plan C. If plan A doesn't work out, did a coyote run through him right before b- b- before the sun went down and blew him out of there? Okay, we might have to go to plan B tomorrow. We always go back to plan A and make sure they're there. We put them to bed. Scout hard, learn how to scout, live that Vortex lifestyle. Thank you so much to Vortex Optics for being the official optic of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, where the pavement in podcast. And don't forget to check out Vortex Scouting segments coming up on season 15 of Benelli's The Foul Life exclusively on the Outdoor Channel beginning in late June, early July 2023 and running through late December after Christmas. The best time of the year, 2023, on the Outdoor Channel. Thank you, Vortex, and thank you all for supporting the brands that support The Foul Life. To talk to me so austin played last night didn't they play boston last night he did play boston last night and he's only an hour and a half away you know the farm is like an hour 20 so uh he drove last night and he has an off day today and i think he got in i couldn't stay up i tried waiting on him but he got in around 12 30 and uh, uh we got up at 4 45 this morning and um uh, hunted at johnny's place you know johnny carter so we we were going to hunt our farm but our turkeys have just kind of hey no our turkeys at our farm have kind of uh they've kind of slowed down you know they've kind of been hunted a little bit by dad myself and others all year and johnny doesn't really hunt so i felt pretty good his turkeys would work and sure enough they did they worked right off the bat so it was good right off the roost how'd it go it went really good. Yeah, they just right off the roost. I mean, they didn't really respond to a whole lot of calling. I think they gobbled five times total. It was a little overcast and raining. And um, 
they saw the decoy and two up two out of the three came running in and uh austin austin shot and got one so that's his first eastern which is kind of cool really being being born in mississippi memphis tennessee area you'd think he would have had to shot at some easterns before he's just mainly been a deer hunter huh he just yeah he mainly just deer hunted and duck hunted some right there he never really got into tur- turkey hunting real big you know he killed his first turkey down at spring training with us and uh 2019 so um may have been 2020 actually so yeah he kind of got into the turkey hunting a little bit late but i think uh he's kind of ate up with it right now congratulations to him on his turkey and his contract extension that was some big news for him what a stud well deserved huh yeah i'm really happy for him i mean obviously you know I've been around a lot of cool people like you have and, you know, a lot of, you know, athletes, country singers and stuff. But, you know, Austin has been a dear friend, you know, even before he was pulled up and to kind of see that happen to him, um, you know, it couldn't happen to a better individual. And I know the city of Atlanta and Braves fans are just super excited to have him. What does oh, this? Hey, stop it. Oh, sorry, Chad. You're good. You're good. Go ahead. Sorry. What does being from the state of Georgia mean to you? I know that you went to college in Mississippi. You're a big old Miss advocate. You, you're very boisterous about this. You're from the land of the two-time national champions. Yeah. Um, what? How, how does that fare for Tyler Jordan? Being a resident born and raised in the state of Georgia, you're probably supposed to go to Athens, but you went to where dad went. Um, how does that all work out? Are you, a, are you not a Georgia fan at all? You love being from the state of Georgia and you have a ton of pride in it, but you, your allegiance in college sports and football is Ole Miss? How does that all work out? Yeah, you know, for people that don't know, you know, dad went to Ole Miss. So dad played with Archie Manning. Uh, from 68 to 72 he was a wide receiver and so I've been going to Ole Miss games since I was very little you know I think dad was kind of down to Alabama and Ole Miss and you know I think the kind of thing that pushed dad over the edge was Archie Manning you know being the quarterback there and so you know for me growing up I've always been a very passionate um, Ole Miss fan but I've also been a very passionate Braves and uh and falcons fan too i mean i you know everything georgia sports i mean i'm kind of big into other than just the college side of it you know if i had maybe another school i thought about going to and this was mainly just because of other family members um that went there and you know we were we're only 45 minutes from auburn you know we're right on that georgia alabama line so auburn's very close it's in our backyard and you know, grew up going there as a kid, um, you know, to different football games, tailgating events. So Auburn may have been, you know, a, a close second for me. I mean, I'm, I don't pull for Auburn, even though Coach Freeze is there and Coach Freeze used to be a, uh, be at Ole Miss and he's been a, a friend for a long time. So do, do pull for him. But, um, you know, I don't know. Athens was just never, it's never something I, I really thought about. I did grow up there and, and go to a bunch of games and it's not that, um, I didn't like Athens or don't like Georgia. I mean, I was I was for sure pulling for them in the in the national championship. But um, you know, it's college sports is just kind of different. It's just one of those things that uh, you know you're passionate about your team and about your uh, about that fan base. And you know, for me, it's just I, it's 
you know, Ole Miss is kind of like family, especially after, you know, going to school out there and having a lot of really close friends out there. You know, my best friends have been from college. So um, I'm kind of an Ole Miss fan through and through and and proud of it. Does it parlay over to professional sports at all, Tyler Jordan? Are you a Hawks, Braves, Falcons fan? Or does are, are you not really into the pro sports and you're mainly uh, – I know that you love Austin Riley and the Braves. Chipper Jones has been a longtime friend of you and several other people in the Braves organization. Are you a Hawks and a Falcons fan also? Yeah, I'm a big time uh, – I'm a fan of all of them. I've been to a few Hawks games. It's just – you know, kind of during basketball season, I feel like it's either hunting or, um, you know, the Braves also too, you know, this time of year. So I go to more Braves games, but no, I love the Hawks. Um, I think I've been to a playoff Hawks game. It's been several years back, uh, but you know, the Falcons have always been a diehard Falcons fan too. go to a lot of games, went to the Super Bowl, sadly, when they lost, when they were up by a lot. And, uh, you know, knew a few players on the team, but regardless of that, I've always been a real big Falcons fan. And uh, Braves has kind of been my number one just because I did grow up playing baseball. Um, you know, Chipper may have had a little bit to do with that, him and dad being buddies and, you know, doing some stuff on Realtree Outdoors. But for me, I loved all the Braves players, you know, play, played baseball, grew up watching those guys. They were really good in the 90s, early 2000s. So, um, you know, the Braves kind of hold a special place to my heart. But, uh, you know, waiting for the Falcons to get good. You know, I think they have uh, they're kind of on the up and up right now, which is kind of good to see. But um, definitely keep a close eye on all the, the Georgia pro sport teams. Out of everything that you have on your walls and your office, your private residence, um, not including dad's collection, what is your number one piece of memorabilia? It doesn't have to even be sports, but I know that you've hunted with Luke Bryan. You've hunted with many, many uh, Nashville country music stars. You've hunted with ex-presidents like President Jimmy Carter. I'm sure there's been more. What is? I, I know you have hoods of NASCAR drivers. What is the number one personalized piece of memorabilia you have to Tyler Jordan? That's hard. <laughs> that's I bet it is. That's a hard question to answer. I tell you, if I had to just pick one, I would want like three, but if I had to pick one, um, you know, President Carter was somebody that, uh, you know, I, regardless of politics and your affiliation with Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, like being able to take a president hunting. Um, but I think just for me, seeing his joy of turkey hunting he said if you know at his age which he's he hasn't done it in several years he stopped turkey hunting when he was 90 uh 96 but he said you know if i he goes i cancel phone calls events you know around turkey hunting with y'all and to me that's just that says a lot regardless if it's us or somebody else you know seeing a president's enthusiasm become turkey hunt and to see him enjoy that so much um he signed a picture the last turkey he's killed, to my knowledge, was with me. Uh, Dad put us um, in a spot, and we just kind of, we you know, we sat down there for several hours, kind of boring, but you know, hunting with him was really cool. Killed a turkey, and he signed the picture for me. Um, that was awesome. And then uh, he signed another picture for me of Dad and I with him, and it's he weighs all of his birds, and the turkey weighed twenty four and a half pounds, and he signed that photo for me, and it, that photo is actually in my office. Um, so that is really cool. I mean, it's, um, uh, and, and he signed a box call for me. He's, uh, 
dad it, it was one of dad's favorite box calls he had and uh the spring came loose in it and president carter took it to his house brought it back two days later and fixed it and then he and he signed it and so um uh, you know dad's not so much on keeping a ton of memorabilia but i those are three things that like will never leave me as long as i'm alive so uh, you know, having those are really cool. You know, on the sports side, I'll say this just because, uh, you know, we're, we're friends. But Austin Riley, uh, I went to a Braves game last year. And it's a game I was at uh, where he hit his 87th home run. And then after the game, he signed it, inscribed it, 87th home run, gave me the bat. Uh, that's really cool just off the, you know, the friendship and how much I think of him. Uh, and then Chipper Jones actually here just a few days ago, I have his 476 home run bat and he actually signed wow. it and, and he signed it and inscribed it for me. I brought it to him. He's like, dang, this is really cool. I can't believe you found this. And so, uh, as a sports fans, I, I kind of collect a lot of, I have probably 10 or 12 bats. I just think bats are really cool. So chipper signed that and you know if i those are probably kind of my three things from people that i really like i mean obviously i'm there there's there's a lot of really cool stuff that you that you look at some of the earnhardt have an earnhardt helmet that's signed uh from dell senior um that's really cool uh you know kevin harvick not to not to ramble on and on but you know you're good i like it this is our last year with uh Kevin Harvick is retiring. We've been with Kevin for folks that don't know since 2001. You know, Dell passed the very next week. Kevin, um, you know, took Dell's seat and they changed the number from three to three to 29. And so we've been with Kevin for that long, even more because uh, in 1999, uh, the first car that he ever ran for Richard Childress, Buckmasters and Realtree sponsored at Talladega. So we've been with Kevin for 24 years on the partnership side. And so, um, you know, can't say enough about him. And actually, I have a helmet that he wore two weeks ago. He wore it for two races. Uh, we ran one in Martinsville, one in Dover, um, wore the helmet and and signed it. And it's got pictures of myself, dad, Kevin's first deer hunt, elk hunt, turkey hunt, um, pictures of different uh, paint schemes he ran with us throughout the years. So. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm really big on keeping stuff like that and just, you know, looking back on it, showing kids, showing, um, you know, family. And, uh, to me, it's just, it's just really cool being able to reflect and, and look back on some of those special moments and, uh, um, you know, keep some of that stuff. At the well, farm. I think it, I think it's cool because, um, you know, there's a lot of people, Tyler Jordan, that go out and buy a lot of sports memorabilia. They might own sports bars. They just might be a sports fanatic and they want the letter of authenticity and they want it stapled to the back of the frame or they want it in a gun safe somewhere. And they just like they just love having sports memorabilia. Um, I'm the same way as you. Do you have your phone by you? I just I just text you a video. Hold on. This is uh, this I'm is what my that's my brother Clint. That's my brother Clint. He builds these shadow boxes for me, customized. Dude, and you can see that there's a pair of real tree batting gloves in there, a uh, a game used bat that Austin gave me in San Francisco. 
um, a jersey, a ball, uh, gloves, or uh, baseball cards, and then a, and then a personal photo with Austin. And that's I have those with so many different athletes that I've met because of hunting, and uh, I just like it because it's personalized. You know what I mean? Dude, that is awesome. No, so I have something. Man, and again, like I can't name one piece of memorabilia. So I'm going to have to get in touch with your buddy because I have, I got to get in touch with your buddy and have something done very similar. But um, Austin, so he hit in the NLCS game one against the Dodgers. He hit the walk-off run to win that game. Well, I got the jersey um, from that game. Austin signed it. I also have the batting gloves from that game. But I, and I also have a picture of him and I at the World Series celebration. So I need to I need to get this guy's number and have something uh, have something very similar done. That's a really really cool frame and piece you have right there. That's my brother um, Clint, my middle brother that oh, you've Clint, never met. Okay. So that's Clint, and yeah, like if you got a picture of the World Series and then a picture of you in Austin with your turkey and some real tree batting gloves, you even have. Um, let me show you this one if you can see this. Um, this is uh, another style that he, he does can, a really good job. That's awesome. Isn't that neat? Like, look at this one real quick, and then we'll move on to some hunting stuff. But he can also do this for you because I, I would assume that you have a pair of Austin's real cleat, real tree spikes. I was going to say yeah. real cleats. I was about to say real cleats, yeah. but real tree spikes. So look at that one. This one is from another hunter that hunts. His name's, you know, Adam Wainwright, I'm sure, from the yes. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. So know who he is. Um, look at that one when it comes through. You know, he's in the National League, so he hits. He's a good hitting pitcher. Yeah. Um, and then my brother can do that style for you as well. Um, obviously, it'd probably be better to meet in person and transfer it over because I don't know about shipping that stuff. We could ship it, but again, you're taking a chance with that. Um, did that come through? It did. That's awesome. I'm looking at it. Yeah, no, I have both his cleats, the Realtree Timber cleats in Mizuno. That'd be really cool to put there. No, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to definitely uh, figure out how to how to get it done. And then this one right here is real quick. So he could put your cleats in there from Austin. And then this is the newest one my brother did for me. This is Charlie Blackman, another duck hunter that's the starting right fielder for the Colorado Rockies. He's a silver silver slugger like Austin. He won the batting title in 2015, I believe, in the NL. Um, but you can kind of see my brother kind of went outside the box on this one. And um, Charlie signed that jersey to me. No sleeves, no problem. <laughs> and then uh, and then you can kind of see it. Did that come through yet? Uh, yeah, I got the Charlie. Yeah, I got the Blackman one. That's awesome. So, so see, then my brother can hang your Austin Riley batting gloves off the bat like that and then put the cleats on the side with a signed ball, some signed cards, and then some personal pictures of you and Austin. Uh, I'm going to have to get his information or we'll have to figure out how to get him to a Braves game and uh, – so I can put this stuff in a bag and give it to him. Maybe he can take it back or something. Maybe yeah, both can come to a game this summer. Yeah, I'd love to. We'll come down and visit Realtree and then and then get that stuff and then carry it back. But yeah, he does a he's an artist by trade. He's got a master's in physical therapy. That's how he makes his living. But if you saw the drawings he's done of wildlife or he loves he loves painting professional boxers like Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson, those kind of guys. So he's he just loves putting stuff together like that. So I'll uh, I'll get that going. Um what what is it about the branding right now tyler in your opinion um 
in in today's world of camouflage, give me some of the most important things. My number one is performance, but camouflage has become a lifestyle culture deal, right? It's come, it's kind of become cool to wear uh, before you wear camo into a bar and you're like, man, I wear camo all duck season. I want to start wearing something that's a little bit more lifestyle, you know, orientated. So all these hunting companies, yeah. whether it was Bandit or Drake and Realtree, all these companies had come out with like casual lines that you would see at a golf pro shop. The SEC was prominent with this. Every kid had a Bandit sticker, a Realtree sticker, a Drake sticker, that duck head on it. They were wearing this stuff to the country club, to the bars, and it wasn't camo but now we've transitioned to where now camo is coming back into like a cultural deal you mentioned earlier about the shirt you're wearing right now with the advantage what is it about camouflage that people want to wear it into public is it a hunter pride deal because women are wearing it guys are wearing it kids are wearing it what do you think it is I don't really know. You know, I kind of thought we had seen maybe the peak of lifestyle camouflage. Like we have a lot of different companies that are not, you know, your your hunting companies like a banded, um, you know, like a different like a Benelli or, uh, you know, other other hunting brands like, you know, the companies Otterbox and Crocs, which have been great partners of ours. You know, they do still a lot of camo. And that's uh I guess I'm I guess I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be. You know, I think the camo deal has always kind of been a um a trend, you know, and it, it seems to always kind of come in, you know, every every couple of years. You know, you you haven't really seen a big void of, you know, four or five years where camo's not a trend somewhere, you know. I th- this still shocks me, but like, you know, there's uh that company Supreme. You know, I, I'm I'm not a Supreme customer. It's just I, I'm not that familiar with the brand, but they still do a ton of stuff in Realtree and they're bringing back some of the vintage camo patterns um, for this fall. And, you know, and then we have companies like Filson also. And I would argue that there's a, a lot of, you know, people that probably wear Filson that are maybe not outdoorsmen that wear it just, you know, for the lifestyle side of it. And, you know, I was talking to, um, you know, the guys at Camo Retro, you know, you, I'm sure you've probably seen that brand, you know, a lot of the the marketplace for old school camo. And, you know, he has had his best 2022 was his best year in business. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he can correct me, but I think he's been around since like 2014 or 15. And uh, 2022 was the best year he's ever had. So, you know, a lot of that's old school camo, but, you know, we've kind of seen a, a demand, uh you know, for some of those older patterns being brought back, you know, and I think for my dad, it's, uh, it's a little, uh, I don't want to say tough, but you know, he's so focused on new, new, new and developing something new that he can't ever wrap his head around of like, why would we want to go back and do this? But it's like you said, I think it's just more lifestyle focused, uh, that maybe, you know, some of us realize, you know, it's like this advantage classic pattern, like we were talking about a little bit ago, uh, turkey hunted this morning um and you know this is this right now is one of the number one selling patterns on our website we just have a couple of skews in it but to me it's you know i don't know if this is a bamboo shirt people may just want this more for a lifestyle piece than a hunting piece 
Yeah, I think it's 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 really cool to see, and I, I catch myself doing it now, man. I'm like, I'm like this little top I got here. I I, I wore I just wear it into public, and and before I was kind of like I said, you know, I wear camel all season long, and you know maybe it's time to get out. What is your personal, for lack of better terms, your personal positioning right now with your life tyler last year you hunted hard i think i don't know how many deer camps you visited but i followed along and you go hard um last spring you went harder than you went this spring for turkeys you're married now you're a southern uh god-fearing man you are going to have kids someday i assume you you're going to be a great father like your dad has been um your dad has even had kids later in life that are your younger brothers and sisters where your dad's, uh, you know, in maybe close to 70 and he's raising young kids. It's, it's part of the Jordan family tradition. How does this affect your mindset of going hard and traveling like you have to, to keep this brand at the forefront, recording the videos, doing Realtree 365 content for social media? Does it, is it concerning to you? Does it, does it scare you that you might have to slow down someday, Tyler? Are you ready to slow down or do you still enjoy going hard, hard, hard? I know you're not mad and you don't need to have the kill every time, but where do you stand on that right now, Tyler Jordan? Is is it going to come to a halt and you're going to have to slow down and be around the office more? Yeah, you know, and I think more of that has just kind of come from my my I want to be around the office more. You know, I, I, I didn't I mean, two or three years ago, I didn't know if I'd say that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't really uh, the grind of kind of being on the road. Like you said, I spent a lot of time away from home, um, a lot of falls, a lot of springs. Uh, you know, I still enjoy going, but this spring and last fall is probably the least I've ever traveled for, for deer hunting and turkey hunting. Um, you know, that's, that was really done on purpose. You know, I, I think, um, kind of the, I don't want to say a toll it takes. I mean, you know, it as good as anybody, you know, we're very blessed. I don't want it to ever sound like complaining, uh, for what we get to do because I, I love it so much and I love being able to share it with, you know, friends, family and others, uh, you know, just introducing new people. And that's to me is where I get the biggest joy out of, uh, you know, being on the road and doing that is, is really the, the friendships and relationships. It's very, it's way less about the success that you have in the woods. Um, so for me, that's been a little bit tough letting some of that go, but, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, the older I get, you know, being married, uh, coming up on a two-year anniversary uh, Monday, believe it or not. So that's kind of crazy. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I I really enjoy being in in the office, focusing a lot more on the strategy and and ways we can get better um, as a brand. And, you know, I I think my dad, when he was – he was older than me at this point. He probably like 37, 38. Um, and he realized like, look, I need help. You know, this was about kind of the same time period. He was like, you know, Michael Waddell, David Blanton, I need people to kind of step in and help alleviate some of this because I'm the business owner, you know, and, and, and my dad, uh, although very, very much involved there every day in the company, you know, I want to be there with him and learn as much as I can from him. So, um, I kind of look look at this as an opportunity for me to me and him to kind of work closely together and uh you know lay out our five ten year strategy and um for me there's no second guessing like i'll still do a few hunts deer hunts a year obviously we'll hunt around here in georgia um you know but the turkey hunting for me even though it's 
probably my favorite to go and do. Uh, I only made it to Alabama this year. Didn't go to Florida for the first time in years. Um, so, but that's, to me, that's just part of it. You know, I, I have zero complaints about it and honestly probably enjoy being inside the business as much as I do on the road. I know that you, <clears throat> you have zero regrets and you're and we're, we are, we're so blessed. I mean, Holy smokes. Can you imagine that, that somebody would get to do this to, and make and make a living doing it? But I, you mentioned two individuals there. I have two questions. One's your dad and, and one's David. I'm going to start with David Blanton. Um, do you get FOMO when you see him up at 7J? Um, he just had an unbelievable turkey hunt, I imagine. Uh, I know you're happy for him. I know you're yeah. sending him texts after you get that group text and y'all are like, congrats, how's the video? You know, David Blanton has that 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 reputation of filming first he wanted that perfect hunt i had uh philip culpepper on the show not too long ago and he referred to nate hosey as the new age david blanton that gets that perfect camera set up for turkey hunting yeah david's done it with deer and turkey his whole career do you get fomo does it make you go gosh dang it i wish i was up there with him no i tell you i i don't and maybe that's, that's not, maybe that's not good i don't know <laughs> if that's a good or bad thing honestly no like you know, for me, when I see somebody like Philip or Nate, like get a really cool hunt, or even Brian Brown if on road trips, or Michael Pitts, who's doing a lot of road trip shows, or, you know, Austin Riley went with Pitts and, and Brian uh, in Florida a couple of months ago. Yeah, do I wish I could be there and high five with the guys and celebrate? There is no doubt about it. But to me, I'm like a huge cheerleader. I mean, what you know, whatever they're doing down there, um, and hunting is only good for all of us. So no, I really don't get, I really don't get serious FOMO um, on some of that stuff. So maybe maybe that's a good thing, but you know I, I try to be as much of a, a team player and um, and and root for root for all those guys to be successful because you know we all we all win in the end. Hopefully, are you shadowing your dad a lot these days? Is it? I know you're you're out of college. I know you have a full time gig. You're 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 the namesake of the brand. But is it still kind of like an internship when you have somebody with that much experience and knowledge and wherewithal of this industry? Or do you find yourself just sitting there being a sponge most days? Because I I feel like if I got to spend a, a month in that office, I don't think I would want to leave Bill's side because I would want all of that to soak in. I would want to have all of that, and I assume that somebody like Waddell Blanton. Um, people that have had a T-bone, people that have lived in that area and they had quick access to that that office, I'm sure they would say the same thing, that that knowledge is key. And it almost, I know that you have deadlines. I know that you have responsibilities. But do you find yourself almost feeling like an intern sometimes? Like you're just there soaking up dad's knowledge? Yeah. You know, it's dad's knowledge and it's other people. Like um, we had really good VPs in the company. And really, it's just kind of learning from dad and all of them. You know, there are many days where I feel really dumb. And I mean, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I feel like I have a, a, a familiarity with the brand that others don't. But when it comes to business sense, you know, I wake up in a lot of days. And I think that's kind of what makes me, uh, you know, want to be in the office more and, you know, seek knowledge from others is because I, I, by far don't know everything every day is i feel like i do learn something new on the on the printing side uh, you know with those people on the patterns the fabrics uh, you know getting getting a pattern right i think people don't realize like 
you know, when we have patterns, whether it be Max 7 or, you know, when we went to uh, Realtree Edge or any pattern, it's a lot of work. And it takes sometimes two to three years until a pattern gets finalized. And so that back and forth between the printing mills and all of that and, you know, coming up with a marketing strategy, sitting down, um, you know, just branding spots, commercials, um, social media. I mean, there's always something. And then on top of that, you have over, um, you know, 1500 licensees that, you know, you have to go to bat for and, and, um, and do all you can to support them. So there's always something new in there. Sometimes it's like very overwhelming, but you know, something dad has been blessed with from day one is that he's always had really good people around him. Um, you know, dad does a good, a great job himself, but, um, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that he wouldn't, he wouldn't make it to where he is today without being super blessed with the people in his life and the people that have come through that company over the years. Um, and I feel that as, as strong as ever today with the people that we have, you know, dad has had a, a lot of people from, uh, that have started and ended their careers at Realtree. And I think that says a lot about him and the culture that he's kind of built there. Um, so not to ramble, but you know, it's, you're, it's not, been, you're not at, all. at this point in your career, Tyler Jordan, you've been a, a face of the brand for a long time. I mean, let's talk about when you're a kid, the commercials, I believe it was you and Johnny Carter skip, you miss school and you're late and you're Turkey hunt and you run into the school, you deer hunt and you run in and um, just clever, witty, out of the box, unorthodox approach to show in that friends, family outdoors. It's been a part of my life since I signed with Realtree in 2000 two or three when the original max four came out um at this point in your life tyler jordan has it changed are you stressed is there pressures that you did not see coming your dad has taken this brand from 1986 and elevated it to what it has become in 2023 there are always ups and downs don't get me wrong new competition comes into the space uh dealer base the way that we shop now with amazon and the internet and the way people get their content it's always learning and transitioning and, and evolving i get that but is your love for the outdoors the same it was of that little pearly white tooth kid with the big smile running out of the truck into school, knowing he's got to explain to the teacher that the turkeys were gobbling that morning? Has it changed? Are the stresses different? Do you go to bed late worrying? You're, you're, a, you're a businessman now. Is it different for you in 2023? No, I don't think so. Um you know, it's like this morning when we hunted with Austin. I mean, I, I couldn't even sleep last night. It wasn't from stress. It was just because I was so excited. And Austin was the same way. You know, just, I mean, I, I look so forward to getting up and going hunting, you know, and, and doing stuff like that. Or even if it's going by myself, I mean, you know, turkey hunting, deer hunting is the same. But it's one of those things where, like, I've never been like, hey, I got to, I need a couple extra hours of sleep. You know, I'm always excited to get up and go and always have that enthusiasm um but i think you know that some of the stresses of the business and stuff i think that's just natural in any business right i mean i, I talked to a lot of business owners and that you know that that stress kind of comes naturally i think where the stress comes is um you know and dad always told me this growing up and i never really understood what he meant until you know i kind of put myself in his shoes and am around that office every day yeah it's the stress of, of business but it's really the stress of like you look around that office and you have 60 employees that depend on you and that depend on this brand. And I think that 
you know, it may put some stress on what, you know, decisions that you make and, um, and trying to do the best thing for everybody. It really kind of makes you look at things as a whole instead of, you know, maybe one small, one small decision. Um, you know, you, you realize there's a lot of families that, that depend on this brand to survive. So, you know, I think that's just, that kind of comes with maturity and, uh, you know, kind of growing up and, and seeing it through that light now. But, you know, I, I think when you talk about competition and, you know, seeing things through, um, a different lens and, you know, the different ways that people buy, you know, a lot of direct to consumer, um, but the independent still very, very important to what we do. Um, I think what kind of keeps me very optimistic is that it's opportunity. Like there's so much opportunity out there. Like there's so many different ways that people buy to me, that's a good thing. And as long as you're, you know, efficient enough and each one of those, I mean, I think, knock on wood that you're going to be okay. Um, and, you know, keeping your brand at the forefront and keeping it strong, um, you know, that, that everything's going to work out in the end. We travel a lot. We're up and down America's highways, byways, thoroughways, cornfields, dirt roads, back roads, country roads. Love seeing that dust in our rear view. Love looking over and seeing the sunset, the sunrise, mallard ducks pitching in to a pond in Kansas, a coyote howling in Wyoming, an antelope standing on the side of the road in Nevada. We get to do this all through Ford trucks. Corning Ford, Paul, Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality. The number one Ford Super Duty dealer in the West United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California. 5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting, predator hunting, you name it, Corning Ford is part of it. They support our lifestyle. Their pricing is so legit. They refuse to mark them up. Give them a try. They'll deliver your truck anywhere in the country. They've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They've delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wild Acre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties, F-250s, F-350s, the one-ton, the long bed, the short bed, the tremor package, I'm telling you, nothing dry. It's like you're in a Cadillac. Watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you'll look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken. And you're pulling a trailer. And you got a Lear topper on the back of it. And the bed of your truck is full. They're meant for hauling. They're meant for towing. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Paul. Support the partners that support this culture of the hunter, the world hunter, the American hunter. They are all members of California Waterfowl, Safari Club International, Delta Waterfowl. They support them. They're conservationists at heart. And they love giving back. So let's give back to Corning Ford by checking out their selection and getting your next Ford truck. If it's a car, if it's the new Bronco, the new Mustang, the new F-150, I don't care. There's nowhere better in the country to buy your next Ford vehicle or Ford Super Duty truck than Corning Ford. Thank you all for supporting them. You're in an interview with me for a job. You know that the job pertains to hunting. I asked Tyler Jordan, what are your skill sets 
in hunting. Where have you excelled in hunting? Is it scouting? Is it game calling? Are you a master turkey caller? Can you grunt a deer in? Can you snort wheeze a deer? Are you a master duck and goose caller? Are you an unbelievable shot with a bow? What are your skill sets that I am going to hire you over other hunters to take you to give you this job that's going to pay well and you're going to hunt, but you have to put food on the table? What are your skill sets? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, on the turkey hunting side of it, just because it is turkey season, and I can probably answer that a little bit better right now. This this may not be kind of the answer you're looking for. I, I feel like I've become a lot better caller over the years. Like I'm very comfortable now with a mouth call and, and feel confident. Like I don't really want to call when I'm around Michael or Philip though, or even <laughs> Nate Hosey or others, because you know those guys are on another level. But like I feel uh, I feel confident a lot with the calls that I use and you know, learning different cadences and different situations, you know, time of year, um, you know, kind of, you know, filling that bird out, almost taking a guess of kind of what the mood that that turkey's in at the time. I feel like just going through like repetition um, in different scenarios has been really good for me. I feel like I can be as about as good as anyone in that situation. And then, you know, in turkey hunting too, like just having patience is so key. Like I've, I've learned the hard way so many times and there are several times it happens throughout the spring where, man, if I had just, if I had just waited, you know, just because something's not happening right then and there, you know, um, sometimes sitting an extra 30, 45 minutes of, you know, no gobbling, nothing happening can really be, you know, beneficial. doesn't mean that turkey's not eventually going to work in there. So I've, uh, I've made the mistake of getting up too early from setups and, um, and and you know spooking birds but to me that's just kind of part of the learning curve you go through as as a turkey hunter especially this time of year too it's like you know with austin this morning they didn't work just right off the roost you know they gobbled a few times in the you know on the tree and um you know when they got on the ground they didn't respond to any calls and i think five six years ago i may have picked up and moved like I probably would have tried to move closer to those birds, made something happen, try to make them gobble. But I was like, you know what, let's just, let's give it some time. And we probably sat there for 20, 25 minutes of um, nothing happening, no no gobbles or nothing. Then all of a sudden I look up and, you know, those turkeys kind of knew where we were and they see the decoy and, and come in. So I think, you, you know, just, and I can say the same thing about deer hunting too, you know, getting more comfortable with a bow, um, but patience there is also very key, you know, not trying to change things up too much, uh, scouting, you know, different spots. Um, you know, that's something I've really enjoyed. Like when you have your own place, like we do here in Georgia and the scouting, you know, putting up different tree stands sometimes like during the rut, um, I think, you know, during the rut, when I was younger, I'd always want to sit like in the same couple of spots, but I think what I've learned maybe more recently is, you know, bouncing around different areas, like, you know, changing it up every day, like try not to sit, like when it's prime time, not never sit in the same place twice, like back to back, like morning, afternoon, or very next morning, I've just had more success, you know, switching things up a bit. Would you put your archery skills in a pressure situation up against Nick Munt? Michael no. Waddell, do you remember when we launched Edge and we had the the archery competition in Georgia? 
Yeah. I believe it was Nick Munt there at the end. I think Waddell was maybe up there. But Nick Munt, I believe, won it. Do you do you put your skills no. up against these guys? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I honestly I don't shoot as much as those guys do. Like I don't shoot like a Nick or Michael or Travis does. You know, I really don't start shooting a bow probably until the beginning or middle of August. And that's probably too late, you know, but like once deer season's over, November, December, and, you know, bow season's really slowed down, I won't pick it up again for too long, you know, and then like in August, you know, T-Bone lives pretty close by, like I'll go sit with him and, you know, shoot for a few days and, you know, get back like in a rhythm and comfortable again. But, um, man, I probably shouldn't use this as an excuse. Just I wish I had, like, could find more time to like just like really focus on focus on that but you know the turkey season comes around and um you get busy so no i i i uh, i would definitely not put it up there with those guys those guys are like philip and nate uh and michael turkey calling are on another level with with a bow too when you when you think about how hunting brings all of these different lifestyles together that we've mentioned during this conversation and we got to pinch ourselves a lot and I want people to understand, though, Tyler, that the people that we mention, whether it's Austin or I I, I don't even know how many, quote unquote, celebrities you've ran with. Michael Waddell has become a rock star in the hunting industry, if you really think about it. But let's just make sure that people understand that none of them act like it. Right. Like you've never been in camp with like a Luke Bryan. And he's like, Hey, make sure that, that you guys stay away from me. I, I I'm on a different level here. I'm going to have my own campfire over here. I brought yeah. my own bartender. And by the way, I brought a couple guys that are going to skin my deer and they're going to do all the stuff for me. Like, it's not like that. Right. Tyler, these are like from John Anderson, to Luke Bryan, to Austin Riley, to Co- to President Jimmy Carter. You've hunted with coaches. You've hunted with country music, NASCAR drivers, baseball, football, hockey, you name it. They're no different than we are, are they? No. No. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hanging out with them, right? Exactly. Otherwise, they would, we wouldn't be sharing camp with those guys. They just wouldn't be our kind of people. Uh, but no, like, you know, I think that's what kind of draws me so much and why the outdoors to me is such a – Yes, the business side, you know, what our family has done in the industry, but why it draws, you know, so much attention to me is uh, like my best memories are with those kind of people, uh, friends, family, you know, sharing that bond that we all have. And that's a love for, you know, being outside and, um, you know, whether it be fishing, hunting. Um, yeah, but, you know, some of those guys, you know, like The Undertaker or going with Austin, you know, I think – it can be sometimes mis misconceived and you probably have had some of this too, like um, you know, from different people that watch watch stuff and they think that we just want to be around those guys to have clout or you know, we're trying to get something out of it. But I think whether it's me, whether it's you, whether it's Michael, whether it's anybody, the juries, whoever it is, I don't care what camouflage pattern you wear, to me it just like it says so much that those people say, Hey, look. I'm willing to say that what we're doing is okay and what we're doing is fun and what we're doing is, um, you know, I, I want to also share with my family. Like I'll say this about the undertaker. I didn't grow up watching WWE. I didn't grow up watching all that stuff. Um, knew who he was obviously like a lot of people, but it's just not like, it's not what I was all about as a kid. I just, we didn't grow up watching as a family, but 
you know, whenever he shot his first turkey down here with us in Alabama, he immediately went and tried to find a couple of places to lease and some land to even, you know, have of his own one day and take his daughter turkey hunting. To me, that is like, that's awesome. Whether he went with, I don't care who he went with. Like to me, like now he's a hunter and he's pro turkey hunting for life. Like, and, you know, so that to me is just, uh, you know, really cool is, you know, building, building fans of, you know, our sport and our industry um, from people like that. I couldn't agree more. I think, I think the platform is strong to, and when they are taking a chance of alienating themselves to 50% of their fan base, potentially, it says a lot that they would put that on the line, in my opinion. Um, So I'm all about it. I don't think the clout really matters because I've always said that whether I'm at a concert watching another Georgia born hunter, Zach Brown, I think he's from Dahlonega. Um, When he's in the woods, he's not that guy that's selling out Fenway Park three nights in a row. He is humbled. He is on his knees thanking God and Mother Nature. He is in awe of the dog and the boat ride and the ducks and the campfire and the and the smell and the sounds. Like he's you you just completely forget that the guy just came from blowing the roof off you know jason aldean you've hunted with this guy sells out everywhere luke bryan you know willie robertson the duck commander guys went from big to real 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 big and they didn't change right like they they're still part of that real tree family so i think that the clout part of it is is misconceived because man when they're in camp you're just like they respect what you do they're asking questions hey how do you blow that duck call hey where did you get your dog trained? Hey, what kind of bow is that? Like they're asking questions. They're inquisitive. They want to learn. And I'm sitting there going, you just, you just sang with Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. How was that? You know, like there's, there's this dual respect. And I think that that is so key in, in, in prolonging this culture that people have to understand that there's so many different walks of life that enjoy it. And we all have to understand that nobody's bigger than the outdoors and mother nature and the man upstairs. And I, and I think that that's what Realtree has stood for for so long that they have shown that all of these walks of life are friends, family and outdoors. And that's, that's been key to me. And I, and I give you guys kudos for doing it. And I've always, I've always wondered, I wonder if these guys ever have regrets for putting themselves out there. And they don't. They do it with dignity and they do it with class. And I love that part of it. And you've seen it a lot more than I have. And your dad, all the way back in the 80s, was hunting with celebrities. And you would never know it meeting your dad. He's just a normal Southern gentleman. Am I right, Tyler? Yeah, but I think when you, it's like, you're going to probably agree with this, but when you hunt with those guys and, and you share camp with them, and I think it almost makes you more, uh, more like down to earth and humble, you know, after being in a camp with them, you realize yeah. that we're all just, we're all freaking human. Right. But we all just like to do and, and uh, you know, the same thing. And, you know, some, some of them it's their first time and getting in, introduced to it. And, you know, very rarely do you, do you take people for the first time and they have a bad experience, you know, even if they're not successful by taking wild game, you know, you, you end up making um, somewhat of a outdoorsman out of them. Um, so I, I think, you know, but yeah, I mean, like dad, you know, growing up, I, I think 
her dad, you know, the Jeff Foxworthy's, Chipper Jones, uh, Dell Earnhardt, uh, you know, those people really kind of helped put dad on the map during that time just because they were so influential in their respected space that they took a chance on, you know, hunting with dad, putting themselves on television, saying that, hey, this brand Realtree, what they stand for, what hunting is all about, we're, we love it too. And we're willing to kind of display that uh, for the world. So, um, you know, I think those those people going with him in the early days, I think that's why dad is maybe so humble about it is like without them, I don't really know. I don't really know where Realtree would be. And I, and I honestly mean that, you know, there's a lot of people to think along the way. And those are definitely some of them that, uh, you know, took a chance and stuck by him. Uh, let me let me say this, and I'm totally agree. I'm taking a note as you talk because I want I don't want to miss this. Um, you know what else it taught me, and I'm sure you saw this too. Is like when I would when I first started getting like recognized, I guess, out in public, and I would be at like a Max Prey Wings, and somebody would come up to me and be like, "Hey, can I get my picture?" I didn't know how to act. I was like what like no like i like it, it was I, I wasn't trying to be like no i'm i was just not used to it i didn't get it and then spending time with these guys whether it's dan henderson or a big time ufc fighter or a baseball player and the way they treat their fans and the way they don't say no and the way that they let those people live through them a couple seconds of the day or a minute of the day with a picture and a selfie and an autograph i was like that taught me so much about class and respect for other people and that nobody's bigger than any. And I never was trying to do that. I was just like, I was taken aback. Like you really want a duck hunters autograph. And now I'm humbled and I'm like, I'm so honored, right? Because these, these guys are honored even after their careers are over and they're recognized and they might be at a hunting camp or a boat ramp or a casino or a restaurant or whatever. I've seen them never turn somebody away and make somebody feel weird. And, and that showed me that I, I, it taught me how to accept it. If that makes sense to you. No, it does. It does big time. I think what you said is what you said is spot on. So I agree with all that. Yeah. And I think that, I think that, you know, being a celebrity is just what it is. It's they, they don't look at it that way. They they kind of want to just be a normal person. And when they're in duck camp or do, goose camp or turkey and deer camp, they just feel like one of the boys. And that's what they want. That's what they're seeking out because a lot yeah. of their lives is is not normal. What's what's on the, the table right now, Tyler, as we come to the end of our conversation? What are we going to see going into this fall? Or get us fired up with Realtree. Um give us are there different projects being worked on is pops looking to surprise us with another awesome pattern i remember when timber came out and i got to see it at shot show um i, w I actually had a timber shirt on this morning at the gym and i love that pattern man that pattern is unbelievable i wear it so much i'm going to show you this this is a uh i actually just got this um this is a new ad that's coming out in the gear issue of wildfowl the august giant gear issue anyway timber edge max seven what do we have to look forward to this year tyler so we're constantly working on different patterns i would say that my focus which is why i've been in the office a lot um amongst other reasons but i mean i've been in the office a lot trying to focus on a lot of these heritage vintage patterns 
you know, I see a lot of demand whenever we post a, an old picture of people, you know, and one of those patterns is uh, advantage wetlands too. Like it's a pattern that's asked about by a lot of people. And I think that's kind of in right now. And the pattern that I'm wearing advantage classic, you know, this pattern, I think, what it kind of represented back in the day and, and, and dad has said it, it, it really has kind of, at the time it was revolutionary. You know, you wouldn't think much of it now. It's a very leafy pattern, but um, you know, it really separated himself from what everybody else was doing on the market. And I think although Realtree original and some of those other ones were very good, uh, this advantage classic was kind of responsible for elevating Realtree even further. So, uh, and for me, it's sentimental because my first, my first whitetail and my first, uh, actually not my first whitetail, that was Advantage Timber. My first turkey, though, was in this pattern. My first two turkeys were in Advantage Classic. So I don't know, I look back at old pictures and see that we have it on some modern clothes today is really cool. And, you know, there's some other patterns we're working on. You know, what's kind of crazy about some of those older patterns, you think we would just have like a file of it and could just go pick it up and, you know, put it on anything. But a lot of these, we don't have the digital files. For these patterns so we're having to go recreate these patterns which is a whole process in itself um but it's been fun you know it's kind of fun seeing some of these patterns come back to life and you know allowing some of these brands to take it so i would say you know we're working on some of that uh we also are working on several other um patterns to you know take place of some of our current ones you know we just had max 7 come out uh which was which was successful last year um you know, and like Realtree Edge has been really, has done really well in the market for a long time. But, you know, we're working on different things in and around, uh, you know, those style patterns too. So, uh, you know, for that this fall and then looking into 24, constantly innovating. Um, and, you know, the fishing stuff is another thing too. It's, you would think that we, that we could just have like a standard fishing pattern, but you have, fishing is one of those things that's kind of challenging because it, the market for it changes so rapidly you know as soon as a style comes in you know it may be like uh you know that may that colorway may be good for a season or two but then you're looking to replace it with something else so always looking to have different patterns um you know on file to to kind of go with that market it's been uh it's been a lot of work too but um so we're, we're constantly doing stuff on the fishing too <clears throat> all, all good stuff going on I can't wait. Tyler, when I saw you in Little Rock last year, Arkansas, for the Delta Waterfowl Convention, July 31st time frame, late August, late July, early August, I barely recognized you. You had went on a big workout program, nutrition, watching what you eat. Are you still doing it? Are you still having success with it? Um, how did you do it? Well, <laughs> I, I, I lost a ton of weight. I think I lost like 35 or 36 pounds it was kind of crazy um i've kind of I've maintained that weight pretty good um but just trying to eat a lot leaner and cut out you know just some of the junk i mean it's kind of as simple as that um uh, you know i went like from spring last year all the way till probably the middle of september october every single day just having salmon and salad no no bad um uh, no bad drinks you know i maybe occasionally would have a beer every now and then but you know for the most part i kept it like all sodas got rid of all that um so i mean it sounds it sounds simple but really it, it just is i mean I, I everybody i think 
when they saw me was like, man, what'd you do? Honestly, you just cut out junk. I mean, that's kind of just the, the key to it. Um, and worked out a little bit here and there. Working out was really not the biggest part of it, I don't think. I think the part of it was just changing up my diet, but, you know, trying to keep trying to keep on that. You know, turkey season is kind of a bad time just because um, you do kind of eat a little bit of junk food, you know, mid-morning, but it, turkey season ends on Monday, so we're back on the diet full-time. The Real Tree Hot Seat. Brought to you by Real Tree, friends, family, the outdoors. Tyler Jordan, when you sit down in the turkey woods, are you more scared of a snake or a tick? Uh, uh, I, uh <laughs> I would probably say, uh, I would probably say a tick. I, for, I, this is probably not good. I don't really think about snakes a whole lot. Ooh. I mean, it, you know, but this time of year, it's been a little, it's been unseasonably cool this year. So it really just started warming up these last couple of weeks. So I'm sure the snakes will come out, but um, I, I, don't, I don't like either one of them, honestly. Tyler Jordan, but, if I took you on an offshore fishing trip and we're three miles offshore, let's say between Boca Raton, Florida and the Bahamas, do you jump off or are you scared of the ocean for, And because we don't know what lies beneath? Do you jump off the boat to go for a cool off swim? Yeah, I ain't scared. Tyler Jordan, if we went to Dollyland together in Tennessee, would you ride all of the big time roller coasters, or are you scared of that adrenaline rush? I would, I would ride them all. I ain't scared. If I take you to a sushi restaurant, do you feel at home? Do you order raw fish, or does everything have to be cooked? No, I can. I love eating raw fish. I love sushi. Love so it's not, ju- it's not just bait to you being from that part of the country, huh? No, no. If any, I, honestly, I don't like a ton of fried sushi all the time. I think it. I like. Uh, fresh cooked meat so if you got to go to one concert this summer would it be guns and roses would it be whiskey myers or would it be chris stapleton are you or does it have to be a new country act? I just named three that aren't country, the new country act. I know that there's Al Dean, there's the Luke Bryans, there's all that. Can I, can what, I name what, somebody? Can I name somebody else? Yes. Go. What what concert is Tyler Jordan going to this summer? Because I'm actually going to see him uh, next week for our anniversary. But it's Zach Bryan. Ooh. Now let's talk about this cat as I let you go today. Thank you for being on the show, Tyler Jordan. Zach Bryan. Military, Oklahoma, underground, outlawish a little bit, songwriter, just machine. What ha- what how did this all happen? I mean, did he just get a cult following on college campuses and then all of a sudden he's he's arguably the biggest thing in country music? Maybe he is now with the new announcements from Morgan Wallen with his vocal cords. Um he's had to he's out for six weeks at least, I just heard. What what, what is this Zach Bryan guy all about? I mean, he's just a he's a very good songwriter. I know that. I mean, he's he's awesome. But I, wouldn't you say that a lot of the same people like Morgan went through this phase too, where they were kind of, uh, you know, and I think Zach Bryan kind of went through this. I also think Chris Stapleton went through this, where they were almost the anti-Nashville everyday guy. You know, not not that there's anything wrong with what a Luke and Blake Shelton and all them do, but they almost like went against the grain of all that. You know, like kind of mm-hmm. being in and out of that music industry. Um, I think that's where a lot of it is, and just you know, being like writing their own songs and and uh, and 
and I don't know. I, I just I think a lot of it comes from that, you know, kind of well, like a Taylor, a Taylor Swift writing her own songs, and you know why people probably love her so much. I mean, I, my my same, I kind of feel the same thing to to Zach Bryan. You just feel more connected to him that way. I couldn't agree more. The songwriting is so key, and a lot of people don't even look into who's writing the songs. It's 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 such a big part of it. Last question. If I told you that you never got to hunt again, yeah. if you don't fist fight this person, you have to fist fight them and you have to take them on. And you've said this a few times in the last 10 minutes that you're not scared. Who wins in a really good Southern country boy fist fight between you and Drew Keith? Go. Oh, Drew Keith's going to kick my butt. <laughs> Is is that the guy? Like, I don't know if I would even like say anything mean to that guy. Like, I'm like, have you ever seen him wakeboard? No. Have you seen him jump the wake and flip the wake? He's got a way. I'm going to say Drew Keith is six foot one or two, 260 pounds, maybe, maybe 265. And he can flip the wake on a wakeboard. Wow. I'm not kidding you. He has video of it. That surprise! I'm not how he, I actually it was so weird. He just texted me during this uh, during this interview, but uh, no, Drew's Drew's scary. He can be scary. I, whenever he kind of like he'll sometimes grab me by the neck. You know how he does, and like, yeah, no, Drew. I mean, I would I would do it if I could hunt, but I mean, I already know the end result's not going to be good for me. You might not be able to hunt after. That's very true too. <laughs> That's like that old analogy of like, would you fight Mike Tyson for $5 million? Well, yeah, but I'm going to have to spend it on like funeral expenses or medical bills yeah. for the rest of my life, <laughs> yeah. you know? It'll go toward my health for the end of time. Tyler, I was going to put you on the spot and ask you about duck season, but we got to try. We got to get on one together for sure and get some mallards. We really do one of these days. Um, but I know you're not traveling as much, but we'll talk off mic and off camera about some plans I have to see if any of them match up with you. Um, thank you for letting us be part of the real tree family. Congratulations on the brand. Um, and thank you for being on the show, my friend. No, again, you know, I appreciate it every time we do this. Um, thank you for everything and proud of the partnership and thanks for all you do for us and all you do for the outdoor community. Thank you so much. That's the great Tyler Jordan, real tree camouflage, the real tree lifestyle, friends, family, outdoors, get involved with the outdoors and understand what true concealment is and consistent daily results. There's a picture posted today. Today, this episode is being recorded on May 11th, 2023. When you hear this, go back in your Instagram at Realtree Outdoors and look at the post they made today of the concealment of this pattern and what it does in so many different scenarios. That's what I've been so impressed with. And I've hunted a lot in the last 15 years. I hunted 127 days last year. That sounds like a lot, but it's not enough. I want to hunt more and I want to be in my real tree. Thank you all so much for being here on the podcast.